0: To the Red Dog Road Podcast, a program for people seeking a deeper perspective on the outdoors,
1: sports, and personal performance. And now, here is your host, Nick Penizzato.
0: Hello, friends, and thank you for listening to the Red Dog Road Podcast. This is episode seven, negotiating time in the outdoors with family. And this is something that Mike and I've had to do many times over the years. I'm sure we'll have to continue to do it, but we also bring some interesting perspectives on on this particular subject. And it was Mike's idea to talk about this because I, him and I, over the years of, even when we're setting up our own time in the outdoors together, have to talk about what how that's going to fit in with our family schedules and so on. So I think we're going to probably get into some things here that I think you'll be able to relate to and maybe even give you some advice going forward that, that you'll find helpful. So with that, Let's go ahead and bring in the Red Dog Red Podcast co-host, Mike Grom. And Mike, how are you and how's your week been so far? Nick, I'm great. Thanks for having me again. And my week is good.
1: Uh, I know we talked about it last week. I have purchased a new truck, so it was an exciting end of the week last week. The one thing that did surprise me was we went to a local dealership and these individuals were having this semi-annual big giveaway grand prize blowout sale. And the one thing that startled me that I wasn't aware of is when they do one of these events, at least specifically for this dealership, they brought in ringer sales people from across the country. There was a salesman from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, one that came in from Wisconsin of all places, Cincinnati and New York were just the ones that I could hear in conversation. And so um, kind of surprising. I I mean, I did not get the deal, obviously, that you would expect to get. I think I might have gotten taken, but when you go head to head (laughs) against a professional, I think I lost that battle. But long story short, the truck is in the driveway. I needed to buy the new vehicle. So here it is.
0: (laughs) <laughs> well, well, congratulations, I think, you know, as you're as you're saying it, I'm thinking, you know, this is almost like you're going to play a pickup basketball game and you get there and it's like LeBron James and, you know, all these top level NBA basketball stars there. But that's what it felt
1: like. I was completely shocked. Just in conversation, they ask you, oh, you know, where are you from? What do you do? They're trying to size you up, obviously. Well, I come right back with them back right back at them as you know they are coming at me well are you local were you born and raised around here and i was shocked when the the salesman said oh i'm from new york and i said oh well i own property in new york my wife and i were both born there <laughs> where are you from He says, "Oh, rochester like, Okay, oh, Well, wow interesting our daughters go to school there i said when did you move to pennsylvania he says no i still live in new york and, and i probably would have paid money to see the look on my face to be honest with you it was it was not what I was expecting, and I said, "Well, are you planning on moving down here?" No, I'm just down here for this sale. They bring us in from all across the country. I said, "Excuse me," and and so thus thus is my story where they bring in these ringers for these big blowout sales, and um, I'd have to say that it was not it wasn't a bad experience, but you, you pretty much in a hurry knew what you were up against.
0: Yeah, it kind of puts you on the defensive, you know. But to your point. Yeah, I don't think we, we ever win these battles. I think they're, it just comes down to, can they make you at least feel good enough about the margin of loss that you had <laughs> uh, when, <laughs> whenever you walk out the door? you Because know? I think no matter what, you're pretty much getting taken in all these uh, deals, whether it be a, a vehicle or real estate or whatever. So it's, it's basically tough to win. And on top of that, they brought in ringers to kind of stare you. They must have known you were coming.
1: I severely doubt that because truthfully the the ringer is my wife. And it, it was even it was I think she she knew we we just were in that situation. You'd rather be able to shop for a vehicle versus going in there knowing that you need to buy a vehicle because you can always walk away and there's always another day to come play the game. But for us, we wanted to get this process over with it's been drug out for almost a month now, and as spring rolls on, we like to start um, driving up to camp. So that is always sitting in the back of my head. So like you said, feeling good enough about the deal that you got was how it was over and done with on Friday.
0: Yeah. Well, congratulations again. And I'm sure it's nice to have it. And anyway, you have it behind you now and hopefully you don't need another one for a little while. But, uh, you know, I I didn't, I can't say that I've had an exciting week, nothing quite to that level. I've been busy for work. We have uh, our board meeting coming up, our spring board meeting, and it's going to be in Roanoke, Virginia in conjunction with the North American Conservation Conference that uh, that's held annually, and as if you, Uh, run a a national nonprofit organization. Your board is typically made up of people from different places across the country. So it's not expected that they will all physically make it to all the board meetings. So when, when this happens, you arrange for a, a conference line so that everybody can participate, even if they're remote. And so this was no exception. I got connected with the hotel and they sent me their list of costs. And really I already had the room reserved, but all I needed was a conference call phone. And if anybody has ever done these things, you really do have to have the decent equipment because if you just stick a phone in the middle of the room, it never works well. Mm-hmm. So I look at the list. Of course they want 250 bucks for this phone. And by the way, my meeting's is only two hours, but you know, it's just at that price. It's almost like if you get a speeding ticket out of town and it's always at that number, like it's 150 bucks and it's not enough to make you go back and fight it, but it's just enough to irritate you. But you end up paying it. Well, this is kind of how I felt about this phone. And, I'm like, you know what? I'll bite the bullet, 250 bucks. So I signed the the paperwork. About a week later, I get an invoice sent to me. Actually, I received the invoice this morning. And they added on top of that a 22% service charge. So now my phone is $320 or $330 and change for two hours. And at this point, I'm like, no, you know what? This is not even passing the straight t- face test, not even close. <laughs> so I email these people back. I'm like, seriously? I'm like, first of all, what does the 22% go to? Which I assume that means the guy just comes in and plugs the thing into the wall and the phone jack, whatever. Uh, and, and then I said, and this is highway robbery. And I left it at that. And lo and behold, later in the day, they get back to me and say, okay, for the two hours, it's 150 bucks and no surcharge. So... <laughs> this is very similar to your conversations that you had trying to buy your truck and that there's a, there's a price there that they can give it to you for. Why don't you just start there instead of causing all of this hassle and frustration? And I, I got to be honest, I'm walking in there and I've already got a chip on my shoulder with these people because they tried to, uh, tried to take me on this deal. So at any rate, uh, we've, we've had sort of a similar experience, I think. I agree. And for the listeners,
1: for everyone out there that's listening you you need to realize i guess from both of our stories is if you don't stand up for yourself nobody else will and you never know what could happen unless you really ask or you question the norm or the status quo and hopefully it will work out better for you than if you just turn your back and
0: take a kick in the pants yeah and there, and there are some times where it's that's just the easier thing to do. But in this case, I thought this is crazy. I gotta, I gotta say something. So I did. But uh, at any rate, and then the only other thing I can think of is uh, I, I have to say I spent most of my Sunday sitting on the couch in lounge pants watching the end of the, the golf tournament. I don't know if you saw Mike. I don't know how much of a, a golf fan you are. You and I have played before, but uh, Tiger Woods all of a sudden is now a factor out on the PGA tours and he was very much in contention. Matter of fact, he ended up losing by one stroke uh, in the Valspar championships. And, and for me, I does to me, it doesn't really matter what you think of, of him personally. And of course, some of the things that he's gotten into uh, aren't very savory to say the least, but at any rate, I've always been blown away by his mental makeup, his ability to show up to the course at one time when he was dominant and have already won before he even swung a club because people would just melt around him. Uh, but I think ultimately it's it's great for the game of golf to see him back in contention and uh, for me it was I decided I was just gonna it wasn't a great weather day anyway. And uh, it was a good day to just sit on the couch and watch golf. And I did that. And I, and I don't know if you know this, Mike, but I'm a, I am ai am a marshal at the Memorial Golf Tournament, which is Jack Nicholas's tournament here in Ohio. And did not know that. Good for you. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah, thank you. And I have that coming up again here uh, just in a couple of months. And I'm sure that Tiger will be there playing. And I always enjoy it more when he is because, first of all, it's cool you're standing there two feet from him. Uh, but also, it just brings so much more to the tournament if he's there. So, anyway, it's good – Good to see him back on the course, and it was good to just sit back and watch a little golf, and I'm starting to get the itch myself. So uh, with that, uh, let's go ahead and take our walk down Red Dog Road. So today's walk down Red Dog Road actually relates a little bit to the Tiger Woods story, but it's even more of a bigger national story, and that is... The key point here is that for every action you take or don't take, there's a reaction to that. It matters. Every action you take or don't take matters. And what I'm referring to in particular in this case is last night or yesterday was a special election for the US House of Representatives in Pennsylvania's 18th district. And unless you live in a hole in the ground, you were aware, made aware of this in one way, shape, or form because of the national implications of this election. But ultimately, There were 228,378 votes cast. The margin of victory for the Democrat, uh, who was Connor Lamb, over Rick Saccone was 627 votes. Out of 228,378 votes, the margin of victory, unless something changes, was 627 votes. So the first point I want to make is, if you were ever under the illusion that your vote doesn't count, this should be a lesson to you. Bigger picture than that, though just imagine the second guessing that's got to be going on in the in the Saccone campaign right now just saying what could we have done to make up the difference for that 627 votes which is it's way less, like less than a half percent by the way yeah what more could we have done and and on the flip side in the lamb camp uh, they're probably looking back and saying thinking about all the hard work they put in and all the little things that they did that ended up translating into a victory and the point here is Every one of us have, whatever it is we're trying to accomplish, we have opportunities to control what our preparation is for that. And the point here is to control as much as you possibly control. And don't ever leave stones unturned in your preparation, no matter what it is. Every little thing matters. I've talked before on this show about winning moments. And in the case of this election, there were a lot of little moments, I'm sure, that that Lamb and his campaign team one along the way that led to a 627 vote margin. We're on the flip side of that. I can only assume that there were a number of little things that uh, clearly that the other candidate could have done better. And this is a razor thin margin here. And this is the case with many things in our lives, whether it be if we're into athletics, the difference between you and your opponent, How what was your work compared to their work going in, or let's talk about a job interview. You're going for a job and you're it's a very tight race between you and a potential other candidate. There are just so many little things that matter along the way. And the point here is, don't ever leave any of it to chance. It all matters. Every action has a reaction. And you need to control as much as you possibly control and make sure you leave everything out there so that at the very least, and that doesn't mean you're going to win every time, but at the very least, you can look back and say, you know what, I did everything I absolutely could. And in this case, it might just not have been enough. Your thoughts, Mike? Well, in regards
1: to what you said I agree 100% and I'm going to scale it down a little bit and talk about how that also works within your family. When yours uh, was going when you were going through your explanation, I was thinking about that sounds a lot like me and how I parent or I actually act as the father or the husband in this household in regards to I give one hundred and ten percent. i'm I'm always involved in whatever is going on. It's not and it almost sounds like, well, that sounds a little bit controlling. And I'll say probably it is to a certain extent. But I re- recall years ago when my wife and I were raising our children, they were younger, and she said to me, "Why don't you just pick your battles? Why do you have to battle out every single one? And my answer was, because I don't want them trying to second guess which one I'm going to battle. I want to make sure that they realize if they think, hey, I wonder if dad's going to let me slide on this one. In their mind, the answer is going to be no. And I think that really has us, or developed us into a nice, tight family unit. Everybody I feel is very successful. Um, Cecilia's finally adopted that philosophy where every, every little thing counts with us moving forward as a family and that's made us a lot closer Um, I love my daughters, my son, they, I believe they love me. They tell me that. Um, so, I mean, you could also skew that down to within your own family as well about giving every little bit or never leaving any stone unturned when you're trying
0: to help out your cause. Yeah, Mike, I really appreciate you sharing that story and bringing it back to the family level because absolutely. I mean, there's... (laughs) frankly, that's probably the most important place for you to focus on all those little things and make sure you get them right. And it really reminded me of a story that I mentioned Tiger Woods a little bit ago. And one of the things, a story that stuck with me is that uh, Tiger's father, Earl Woods, whenever he was raising Tiger, he was just a toddler. He, He mentioned that he would always make sure that he got down to Tiger's level whenever he communicated with him, look him in the eye and make sure that he knew that he had his full attention and and today nowadays i see so many people with cell phones in one hand and doing another thing and barely paying attention to their kids and that's something that i work really hard at to try not to do with my son as he's grown up as well so i know it's just a just a challenge we face so again I appreciate your your story there for sure and with that let's go ahead and jump into this week's episode and what we're going to be talking about, it's an idea that you brought up, Mike, because it's something that you and I have dealt with many times throughout the years, and that is negotiating outdoor time or excuse me, negotiating time in the outdoors with family. And this could be negotiation with a spouse or a significant other. It could be a parent. Uh, it could just be other family members or what have you. But there are many different things that draw on our time and other many other things that need our attention And if you are an avid, in our case, mostly it was hunting. But if you're an avid golfer, for example, or uh, other things that you're into, you you just pick the subject. You're typically going to have these negotiations where you need to figure out a way to pull away when it's appropriate and do the things that you love. And there's negotiation involved there. And you and I have had, we're at different levels of this. You've had three kids growing up. And of course, even before you had kids. Uh, now, I've got a little one that I didn't have. And I think this is going to be an interesting subject because we're going to get into some things that I believe a lot of people can relate to. And that is just how do you negotiate to get time to get out and do the things you enjoy while also making sure you're taking care of the things you need to take care of? You're 100% right. This is something that you and I have discussed many
1: times, whether we were on stand or out over the phone before we would actually go hunting. And it's something that I figured would be a very interesting conversation and, and listeners might enjoy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And it, it, at the very least, maybe we can even give them a few pointers or things that we've done over the years to help them along the way. And Mike, let's, let's do it this way. I'm really interested to hear from you. Uh, you've obviously been an, an avid outdoorsman your whole life. And so now all of a sudden, take, take us back to, your wife cecilia comes into the picture it's it's like serious now right she's starting to understand what your passion is so if you don't mind just take us through the different stages that you've experienced first of all when it was just you and her and then the next thing you know you have 3 kids i think people would be interested to hear that
1: okay well uh, what i'm going to start with is a story that my wife told me or shared with me after we got married and right before i got married, I was actually traveling around as a therapist and I had multiple offices. And based on where those offices were, I would, which is not the most healthy thing, but nine times out of 10, skip supper and either go fly fishing or go and listen for turkeys or go and scout deer until it got dark. And then I would straggle home, um, maybe put a little bit of food in my mouth and go to bed and get up the next day and do it again. And that was my life. Everything revolved around work, which I was very new in my career, and the outdoors. And the one thing that was hilarious was on a Friday evening, I was out fly fishing. I was going to go right from work to fly fishing and then come home. And usually, Cecilia and I would communicate back and forth because she was in New York and I was in Pennsylvania. And her friends said to her, oh, well, what's Mike doing on a Friday night? And I'm not I'm not trying to raise the hackles of women out there, but this is the true story. This is the way it went down. And Cecilia said, oh, well, he's fly fishing. And they said, well, until until when? And she says, whenever he can't see anymore, whenever it gets dark. And they started to chirp into her ear that, oh, I'm sure he's really out fly fishing. Yeah, right. A guy in his 20s, he's probably out at the bars. And Cecilia very quickly stopped them and said, just hold it right there. If Mike says he's out in the woods or out fly fishing or out doing whatever he does, that's where he's at because that's what he loves. And when I heard that story, initially you would get a little bit irritated at her friends, but secondarily like, okay, well, she she trusts me, she believes me, and she appreciates my passion for the outdoors. Well, then to fast forward several months ahead when we actually got married, now all of a sudden there was a shift in that dynamic where I still thought, okay, we're married now, which is great. I love this woman and I love out the outdoors. I'm I'm going to be great. All of a sudden, there was a shift to where I had to answer to somebody else. You know, when you go from your single life to a shared life, that dynamic will change and your priorities have to change with it or else it doesn't work out. So that's kind of why I wanted to discuss this topic and we can... Let's jump back to you a little bit here, but that dynamic changes from single to first married, to first married, to first married with child, to then additional children thereafter. And then in at the end of where I'm hopefully trying to get to now later in life as our children are one by one leaving the house, the dynamic changes again, which If the guys that are out there in their teens and 20s listening, they're like, oh my God, I'm never getting married. Hold on. Let me just tell you, there is some light at the end of the tunnel here. And it's starting to shift where, I have to go back to one more story and I apologize for rattling on so long, but (laughs) there was a a therapist I worked with that was in his 50s. And I was in my 20s fighting this battle of negotiating time with, with Cecilia. And he said, oh, just wait to you hit your 50s eventually she he said you have to marry at least 10 years and then she'll be asking you isn't there some place you should be <laughs> so um i'm almost at that point which i'm really excited about so with that being said um generally what are your thoughts yeah, i
0: i <laughs> i have a lot of thoughts um <laughs> I love the stories, though. I mean, for sure, because I think that's where a lot of people's minds go, right? They must be out getting into trouble. And uh, I, I know you're not a drinker, Mike, and you know I'm not a drinker. That's one of the things we've had in common. Uh, we're just, that's just, that's just not our lifestyle. It never has been. And probably because we've been in- intoxicated on the outdoors our entire lives. And I think because of that, we have built trust with our spouses for sure. And I, I, I'll start by saying that my wife, and I'm sure Cecilia was like this as well, my wife knew how much of an outdoorsman I was before we really even got serious in dating and and then started dating and, and eventually got married. So there were no sh- surprises there. And to her credit, she never once tried to slow me down or take me away from what I love to do. And, and, and the flip side, I was the same with her, whatever she wanted to do, that was her time to do with what she wanted. And we always certainly made time to come back and be together for sure. But she, in a matter of fact, it was even the opposite. She was very encouraging. So there were times where I felt like giving up on a season and she would say something like, well, you've only got so many days left or, you know, that work that there is that you have to do, it's still going to be there tomorrow. So in other words, just go out and enjoy enjoy yourself. So if you're lucky enough to have that situation like I have been, um, cherish that because that's not always common for sure. And and I've been very lucky. So I want to make sure I point that out. And you are,
1: you are lucky. I mean, Angela, Angela's a uh, great, great individual. I mean, I've always been impressed by how supportive she is of you. And conversely, you've only had wonderful things to say about her. And that comes right down to it. And we use that word negotiation and the negotiation is that give and take. And that's something that I think we're going to, we're going to touch on a little bit more deeply here as we expand upon this conversation, this topic.
0: Yeah, I think so. Because I think the other thing that can happen is, and and this is, uh, I've seen this happen and it's unfortunate. And I've actually, I've seen some articles written about this and that is you can, you can truly become addicted to your hobby or your passion Uh, You can vary deer hunters, for example, archery deer hunters can become addicted to the pursuit of a particular deer. Uh, If you're a golfer, which I also do that, you, you become addicted to shooting a certain score, playing a certain way, or you can't go one weekend or even sometimes one day without going. And that comes at a real expense. And if you're not having that communication with the other significant people in your life, it can cause problems. And people have marriages have ended because of it. Um, relationships have broken up because of it. Um, it's just, it's an addiction like any other addiction. And, you know, if you're sitting here listening to this, this is a, a good time for maybe a self-check and think about, man, well, just how much time am I, am I spending out there? Maybe I should log it and pay attention to how much time it is. Or am I really listening to whoever it is that I answer to, whoever it is I share my life with whenever they're asking for me to spend more time with me because sometimes people ask for it and they don't just outwardly say, you know, well, Mike, I'd like you to just spend some more time with me. But they may say it more subtly or there may be they're uncomfortable saying it because they're afraid of your reaction. So I think it's just a, a good chance as you're listening to this to take stock of where you are in these pursuits and say, have I really had the conversation with the other people in my life about this? And what do they really think about it? And am I am I spending too much time Uh, Or on the flip side of that, and I'd be interested to hear your response to this: Am I not asking for enough time? Am I am I giving maybe too much? And I don't feel like that this is a fair exchange.
1: And and that's a good point. And it's the point that I mentioned earlier is moderation, but also moderation where it goes both ways. This the second part of your statement where am I giving up too much? You and I have had this conversation in different venues about different topics about making sure that you're happy. Because if you're not happy, you can't be the best husband, wife, brother, sister, mother, father to your like immediate family, let's just say. And that comes down to communication. So I, there's a lot of things that link together to negotiation. And that's being very clear in your communication, making sure the individual expresses what they are expecting as well, and then coming to some common ground that works the best for everybody. And that is where you have harmony and everybody benefits. And it's something that we try and strive for, but it doesn't come easy. Don't think that there is a magic pill, a magic phrase that you can say or do and everything's going to be wonderful. It takes a a lot of open, clear communication and time and understanding to get there. But when you do, it's it's a really comfortable, a very great place to be.
0: Yeah, because I think everybody knows what to expect then, right? You know what to expect from the relationship. There aren't a lot of surprises. Um, you know, as you were talking there, I was thinking about some things uh, that I've learned through the years. And one of them is when I was – and I should step back and say I'm a, I'm a very um, – I, I can be – I'm, I'm very driven, I guess is the best way to put it. And when I get into anything, whether it be a hobby, even if it's podcasting, I want to make sure I do it right 110%. You're very much the same way. So it's very easy to fall into making that the sole focus. And then you, you know, the heck with everything else. You're just focused on that activity. Um, But one thing I've learned over the years, and if you're a younger person in particular listening to this, is that I've learned the difference between quality and quantity and that comes in a lot of different things. But for example, I'll just say in my hunting, for, ex- for example, I have stepped way back in terms of the amount of time that I put in versus the quality time that I put in. So I pick my spots. You know, I pick when is the best time. And I really focus on making those times great. And I've learned a couple of things. One, it certainly leaves you a whole heck of a lot of time to do other things in your life that you're missing out on. And two, it really adds just this real joy and value to the time that you are spending out there to a different level that a lot of times, if you're just out there slugging away and going and going and going, a lot of times you miss the reasons that you really enjoyed doing it in the first place. So that's something that really can only come with years of experience, I think, in maturity. And at this stage in my life where I've got a little one now, a toddler, I'm glad that I've reached that point in my life where, you know what, I would much rather just if it's a marginal night, I'd rather spend those those times with him and, and with my wife and just hanging out and doing some other things that I enjoy. And when it's the right night, then I know that because I've put my time in where it needed to be, that I've got full leeway to go out and really enjoy the next opportunity and just put my full heart into it. And I've for me, Mike, I found that to be extremely satisfying. And and I agree a hundred percent because if you recall.
1: You give me credit for helping introduce you to turkey hunting. I will give you full credit for opening my eyes to this a little bit better because I don't know how many conversations you and I have had during hunting season where I have this two-day window to hunt because of work and school and come heck or high water, in my mind, I'm going to go and I'm going to be out there from daylight until dark just because I can. And you I credit you a lot for talking me talking some sense into me, let's just put it that way, to where that is really not the best for a me, B my hunting ground because I have such a small property that going out there and and putting scent out if the wind isn't perfect and the conditions aren't right is just going to hamper your chances later on. So um, I would agree 100% that that is a really good bit of advice, and that's something that I think people should really listen to, um, and I give you full credit for that.
0: Yeah, and, and Mike, people, not everyone knows, you and I have regular conversations about different things related to uh, with the topics like this and many other things. And I think one of the things that works well for us is that we bounce these things back and forth off of each other and it's helpful. Uh, so in a lot of ways, we just sort of mentor each other back and forth on these issues. And that, that's extremely helpful. But I'll just say too, that the, a lot of the reason though, that I think these perspectives that we've gained over the years, it's just because we've also screwed up a lot before this. Um, you and I, Both can, are guilty of, I think, just going out and day after day after day and just thinking, well, eventually something's going to work out. And again, that comes in an expense. And I think that's what I would caution people or that comes at a price. And that's what I would caution people to think about is what's the quality? Am I enjoying this or am I just putting all the time and just so focused on that ultimate goal? And then in the meantime, I've got all these other aspects of my life that are spiraling out of spiraling out of control. I'm skipping out on work for example I'm coming up with reasons why I can't be there using my sick time um missing out on family functions and family events and uh, it's 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 an addiction it can become an addiction almost like gambling alcoholism what have you and that is you start to cheat other aspects of your life to find that satisfaction that you're looking for and uh man it's uh I think it's important to quick as quickly as you can do it, learn the importance of quality over quantity. And I think that'll take you a long way. And and that's something that you you, you don't
1: want to say it too much, but it's so vital. And to add on to that a little bit, if you are in that mode where you're going day after day and You're leaving the house and your significant other is telling you, didn't you just go yesterday? Or why do you have to hunt so much? Why do you have to golf so much? Why do you have to do whatever so much? And then you exchange words and you leave. What that results in is a a really loss of the ability ability to enjoy what you're doing, what you're actually leaving to do that you're so persistent that you must do. And then when you come home, you're dreading returning to the house because you left that issue unresolved and now you're going to walk back into it after both of you have had a chance to stew about it. You hope that with maturity that sometimes being away from each other, if you reflect on it correctly, you can come back and have a civil conversation. But with young individuals, young couples, you still have a lot of passion. There's still a lot of fire in you and you, wanna, you you don't want to lose, so you walk back in and you're ready to go to war again. And that completely ruins the point or ru- it takes away from the enjoyment that you're getting out of that specific hobby or activity. And so everybody loses. There's, there is no winner in those situations. And so you have to learn to better deal with these situations as they come up. And one of the, the big things is pick your battles in the sense of, Hunt on the best days, but then when you're not hunting, don't take it out on everybody else, and give yourself a hundred percent to the people you know that mean the most to you, and they will be very, very willing to give back to you, which is share your enjoyments, things like that, and
0: um, it works out much better for everybody. Yeah, and I think it just it comes down to communication, like we've talked about, and getting the most out of the time that you have and who, who wants to go out and whatever it is you're doing. And, and you're sitting there thinking the whole time about the altercation that you had before you walked out the door to go do it, what it is you're going to do. And on the flip side, um, like I said, you need to also support the other people in your life and the things that they're doing that they like to do. And sometimes that means that you have to stay home <laughs> with the little one or to take care of something that needs to be taken care of. And it's just, it's really about give and take. And I think at the end of the day, if you do that part of it well, you're going to enjoy your time out there a whole heck of a lot more. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure we can say a whole lot more about it than that, Mike, but uh, I think this is a great topic. And, you know, we we want you, those folks listening to enjoy your time and get the most of it. And the best way to do that is to have a clear conscience about what you're doing. And um, again, just it's it's quality over quantity for sure. Exactly. And there's one more thing that,
1: We didn't really touch on, but I'd like to talk about briefly is you could, another option is to include those individuals. We're at the stage now where I have taken my daughter hunting. My wife did go with me as well, and they get a chance to appreciate what you love so much or you you're into so much. And, um, that does help to give them a certain amount of insight, a certain amount of understanding, and it helps them understand the amount of work and time and dedication that you have to put into it. And that's something that as a whole new dynamic, I, when I first got married, I never thought I would take my wife or my children hunting because hunting was mine and no one's going to take that from me. But I will tell you the best moments I've ever had hunting outside of getting my first deer or catching my first fish or sharing time with you know my great grandfather and things like that were when my children succeeded at hunting at something that I loved and it rivals my first deer. It rivals almost anything else that I've ever done accomplishment wise. And um, it's something that you should definitely consider. And I think it definitely fits into this because negotiating that time is, is really important, but to be able to include your family, you're getting the best of both worlds. You're spending time with them, you're making memories and you're doing something
0: that you love. It, it reminded me, as you were saying that, back whenever I started coaching baseball again and the amount of time and energy that went into that. And my wife was there 110%. Matter of fact, she stood there and would take a couple hundred pictures every game and uh, help keep track of everything for sure. And she c- encouraged me and pushed me on. And, and one time... She had made the comment we had made the comment about, you know, I never really liked baseball, but it was always boring to me, but but she really got into it because then the reason was, well because you're into it. <laughs> and uh, what more of an endorsement could you have than that that you know I'm into it now because you're into it and I want to know about the things that make uh, make you excited and make you happy. And I think uh, that's I'm lucky to have that. And I think that you also need to remember that you need to give that same enthusiasm back to, to whoever it is in your family that, that deserves it. So it's, again, it's give and take. So with that, I think we'll go ahead and close out this episode, Mike. And it was a good conversation. Hopefully it's, it's helpful to some folks listening out there. And speaking of negotiating some time, uh, I have been threatening to go out and look for some shed antlers. And I think, I'm actually going to do it this weekend. We're not running anywhere this weekend. We're going to hopefully check out. They have the Ohio Deer and Turkey Expo here in in the Columbus area on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We're going to try to slip out Friday before it gets too crazy busy with people and check that out. But then I'm I'm hoping maybe Saturday to get out and look for some shed antlers. So uh, what do you have on top? Well, this Saturday
1: is a week off for me. I'm on spring break from my classes, so I have Saturday free. And Dominic has been chomping at the bit to get to camp. We have, well, he has, um, we call it a vineyard, but he has 10 uh, grape plants. You Actually, you, you were there. You helped me water them. And <laughs> um, but this is the time of year that we actually work on our pruning. So I have apple trees and he has his grapes. And, and I'd love to be able to get up there and prune them this weekend because I'm not going to have time again until late April. And that might be when they start to bud. So this is uh, our first camp weekend. We probably won't open camp back up because of the temperatures, but I definitely will be up there and he'll be pruning his grapes and I'll be pruning apple trees.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a pretty darn good father son weekend for sure. So I have a good time with that and remind Dominic that I'm expecting to have a glass of wine from those grapes at some point uh, since we, since we worked together to keep them watered there last summer. Well, I don't know if you're going to get wine, but you might get some Concord grape jelly. Well, you know what? I'll take that too. That would be great for sure. But uh, hey, Mike, always good to have you on the show here uh, today. And we're not always, just as a reminder, folks, we're not always going to have a guest in an hour-long show. Sometimes it'll just be a topic that that Mike and I want to cover. And, it, and as I say that, it reminds me to tell you, don't be afraid to contact us with your ideas and stories. You can do that through the reddogroad.net website. Uh, You can contact us there, and I hope to get some more articles posted. I've been a little lax on that lately. Got a lot of things going on. But um, at any rate, get us your ideas. And also, if you haven't subscribed to this show yet on iTunes or Stitcher, please do that. That way you'll be notified whenever we have a new show out there. And again, I'll just thank you for joining us. This is our seventh episode. We keep rolling along here, and we're having a good time with it, and I hope you're enjoying it as well. So we look forward to sharing another story with you again soon. Have a great week, everybody take care. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to the Red Dog Road podcast. If you like what you heard here, please consider subscribing and telling your friends. You can also visit the website and blog at reddogroad.net.